BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. With me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Going very, very well. The Cavs are currently live in preseason action against the Indiana Pacers. Um, looked like it was going to be a shellacking off the rip, but then they made it super fun. And as the, as such, I am having a super fun time. How about yourself, Justin? I'm doing really well. You you made a bold decision uh, wanting to start podcasting as the second half started. Uh, I have enough t- trouble listening to you just in general. Not not anything to do with you, uh, but when we're podcasting, I, I like to read. I'm easily sidetracked. And this game is probably going to end up doing that for me, especially if we get as many fun things as we've seen so far through one and a half halves of uh, or one one and a half games of Cavs preseason basketball. Yeah, it's been stunningly um, very, very fun. And like not in the ways that I was well, partly in the ways I was expecting. And then all of a sudden stuff would change. You know, it was it just like. It felt like Okoro was going to have, you know, like, I, I don't know about how you felt about the first game, but it felt like Okoro was going to have a, okay, I'm feeling it out. I'm being forced to play out of position because of, um, you know, some availability things. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
oh no, he's having a crazy fun game. And I feel like this was the way this game uh, has gone where Pacers jump out to like a 20 plus point lead. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is a super fun game. Drummond's cooking. Windler's contributing. Garland's doing really crazy things he never did last year, like pulling down offensive rebounds in in, uh, traffic. Like what? (laughs) Uh, And Okoro is still looking very, like, like a very solid contributor. I mean, that, that layup where he, the end one where he finishes through contact takes a big bump from Brogdon and brings puts the ball up with touch like it's just been really really fun so far. Yeah, he it has been really fun so far. And uh, on that play you mentioned, he got the end one one getting by Brogdon t- took the contact and then finished over uh, Sabonis. Um, he he's just been he's been fantastic. And I've got a take already. Like looking at him play. Obviously, production is going to come and go. There's going to be lulls. There's going to be high points as well. But I think he's the most NBA-ready guy they've drafted since Kyrie. I mean, how could you say anything otherwise so far? You know, I mean, obviously, it's hard to it's hard to know exactly what the stakes are here. Uh, by the way, if you are right. watching, uh, you can see our nice little scoreboard in the upper right of the action uh, to kind of keep to keep ourselves honest as uh, as, as we go through this uh, live game coverage. But yeah, I mean, I think ultimately when you look at the way that his body is is, is framed and, uh, you know, I think he looks like a real player. You know, I, he's got that kind of vibe that, man, he can take a hit. He, he poked, uh, he, he ripped Oladipo in that first game. I'm just really, really impressed so far. Yeah, and he just collected an offensive rebound off of uh, Windler airball and, and got to the free throw line. He he plays with so much confidence, and and obviously, well, he wasn't though. That's what's so crazy. I mean, I know Fedor wrote uh, wrote that uh, column after the first game where basically JB was like, "Yo, Rook, play. You know, you got this. Play with some confidence." And clearly, that has been that has translated because he is firing with abandon right now. Yeah, absolutely. But what really impresses me is his decision making. Like even when he wasn't being aggressive, looking for his own shot. Uh, in the start of the first game what he did end up doing was kind of penetrating he'd create good uh, opportunities for other guys like his sense of team basketball on both ends of the floor really really impresses me and he had a Danny Green moment in, in the second preseason game where there's a fast break he stops the first guy then stops the second guy fortunately they gave up a offensive I think two offensive rebounds and eventually scored but he got two stops in transition which is something that just you'd never see any Cavs players do doing um I'm I'm going to be interested so I, I would have liked to see Jetty play in this game as well because he was just uh, after electric tough, yeah he, he after a tough start in the first preseason game he just started lighting it up but it, it the thing with Jetty is it, it's not like he's necessarily known for his consistency but if Okoro is playing like this and, and contributing on both ends of the floor he's going to be in that conversation. Like he he's competing for that small forward spot. Like it, it's fair to say right now that this is a competition because he's rising to the occasion. Yeah. I mean that I really kind of expected this to kind of go out of chat out of Jetty's way early. And, you know, he comes, he comes into this game, super decisive uh, with the ball drawing fouls. And I do feel like he is the kind of guy I remember we talked about this, during his rookie year, we thought, oh, man, what a perfect conceptual role player to mm-hmm. play alongside LeBron because he's a capable cutter, he's fast, he's athletic, and he can attack a destabilized defense. And, you know, ideally, you know, this is a team that should be in much better, in a much better place to do that for him. Mm-hmm. You know, really, if you 
look at it that the Cavs teams the past couple of years, I mean, he was running pick and roll as a ball handler. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just not, you know, it's not fair uh, what was asked of him. So I'm really hoping that he does get a chance to kind of say, Hey, you know, I, I'm a legitimate player. I am. Uh, I, I, I can, I have more experience than any of these other forwards, but you know, you look at a guy like Okoro who's starting to look like, He's going to take it, you know, that, and that's what you want, right? That's what we've always wanted is not for uh, either Wendler or, or Okoro to just, you know, be gifted the spot because, well, you know, they were, they were high, they were high picks or they were recent first rounders, but instead say, there's no way you're not starting me. And it, and if, if Jetty doesn't start, it's because Okoro did that. Yeah, exactly. Which is what we wanted, right? Like we, we said one of the most fun things that could possibly happen is somebody actually comes out and takes Jetty's spot. And I mean, Jetty's not going down without a fight, which, Hey, he's still relatively young. Like he can still be a better player and, and improve and stay in the rotation. Like I, I think he's always going to be in the rotation, at least when you're talking about this season. Um, the, the one thing that kind of disappoints me, especially looking at Okoro uh, playing defense so well right now, I really wish Sexton was out there because I, I would love oh, to man. see how Garland, Sexton, and Okoro uh, are playing on the defensive end because Garland's playing flat-out good defense right now. Like, he's actually sticking with guys. He's battling. Uh, he, he's averaging about a steal a game right now. He's got active hands, uh, broke up a play in transition, and uh, just he didn't reach in, didn't foul, drew the offensive foul. He just looks like a different guy physically. And I'd love to see if Sexton is also taking some of those strides. Of course, it's too early to know for sure. But if we're talking about early returns, that would be something I'd love to see. Yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, I think that we, we were talking about on Twitter about the first game and what we thought was encouraging. And the Pacers hit Garland with a double drag screen uh, off the top uh, as uh, as Brogdon kind of curled around the right wing. And Garland took both hits. He got skinny and fought through it and stayed on Brogdon's hip. And that's really step one. You look at any good guard, they get skinny, they stay on their man's hip. And mm-hmm. I think that while I still don't think Garland is ever going to be an elite defensive player, he can't be food. You know, he can't right. die on the screen because he doesn't have the athleticism or the size to make up for it. You know, he, he's not someone like Okora who, um, it, infamously uh, was tweeted that he was out of position on defense uh, before his rookie campaign with the Cavaliers. Uh, and, you know, that's, it's where, you know, uh, like, and he it even happened on the, the kind of the game clenching stop against McConnell where he, he McConnell got a step on him. Okoro stayed on his back hip and affected the shot. And you can do that when you got size. Garland doesn't have that, but at least being there to affect his man, as opposed to just getting absolutely wiped out, creating, you know, six, seven feet of space between him and his man. Like that is step one to being a competent defense. And, you know, I, I hope that Sexton's been taking the same lessons, you know? Yeah. And the step one for Garland that we had talked about coming into this season was it needed to be apparent immediately that he's a different player physically. Like results are, are going to take time, but it needed to be clear from moment one that he wasn't the same guy physically that he was last season. And I, th- I think that much is clear. Like he, he's been Indiana, give them credit. Like a, the, this whole full court press all the time, the, the oh. way they're playing right now. Like I thought it was Ron for uh, Nate McMillan to lose his job after how well he's done. But I, I like this style for Indiana. Like I, I think that they might actually be a little sneaky fun. 
and they're they're going to be tryhards like Toronto because uh, Nate Bjornsson came from Toronto, and you're going to see that. But uh, while it's kind of bothered Garland, and I I think he's struggling both with the length of Indiana and also decision makings at NBA speed because this is the first time he's really been playing at this speed against NBA competition. The fact that he is still able to shake these guys and create his own shot and is willing to take those shots and is aggressive, that that's exactly what you want to see right now. Like it, if the results aren't there at the all-star break, yeah, you'll be concerned with Garland. This is something we've discussed a million times, but he needed to look like this physically for any hope of him being the player that, well, that I've thought he, he's going to become. This needed to be in place right away. And I, I think it is. Yeah, I think he looks really good physically. And, you know, I, again, like it's the little stuff, you know, it, it's it's not sure. Would we love a Taylor Horton Tucker-esque explosion from him? <laughs> that would be very fun. But I think in terms of kind of seeing the physical attributes we're looking for, they're all really there on the margins. Mm-hmm. It's it's plays like fighting that double drag and and staying on Brogdon's hip. It's rising up for an offensive rebound in the middle of the key, which is like, yeah, that's never going to be his game and that's fine. But ultimately like you want to see him making those like pop plays athletically that show that he's not going to be a bad NBA athlete, because I don't think he's got a great future for him if he's going to be a bad NBA athlete. But luckily that was never his projection. His projection was going to be, you know, a, a shifty, quick athletic, athletic type. And I think he's, and you know, and I think he's, can fit that profile still. So mm-hmm. I, I've been very encouraged with early Garland signs. Yeah, I, I mean, pulling up in transition, taking a deep three, step back threes, like they aren't going down right now, but you want to see him take those shots, right? And and right now these guys are trying to play their way into shape. Um, and it's going to take time to get to NBA conditioning levels. This is a little bit different than workouts in New York or, or wherever else these guys have been working out. Um, I mean, look at last season, like we knew after uh, Sexton's rookie season that he he could shoot better than we anticipated. He was a 40% shooter. Uh, he had t- a 29 game stretch last year where he shot 30% in November. He shot 11% from three in December. And then still his season long number ended up looking good, but it took time, right? Like these things normalize over time. And if as I said, if it's not there by the all-star break, then yeah, you're going to start evaluating other options. But uh, right now I'm, I'm encouraged by what he's doing physically. And I like him making mistakes in the name of being aggressive. Like that's, if he's going to struggle, it's because the, the shots aren't falling or he's struggling with some turnovers. It's not the fact that he's just floating out there, which was often the case last season. Yeah. Cavs uh, goat Dean Wade just hit a three. Uh, he's going to play in some rotation games this year. That's a, that's a, a little hot take. He's going to, he's going to, he's not going to be in the main rotation, but I think he's like an injury away from getting some minutes for this team. I think, I think they do like him. I think they converted him to a, a full-time contract for a reason, but I did want to pivot from one young guy to another. And it's not Dean Wade, believe it or not. It's Dylan Wendler. So what have what have you seen from Wendler so far? I think he looks like a guy who's starting to learning to trust his body again. But overall, I've been pretty impressed. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed by how athletic he is. Like he's really moving around there uh, on the court um, quickly. He he's very active. He's got active hands. Uh, gets in the passing lanes. His rebounding and traffic is really nice. Like especially if you're going to talk about doing some smaller lineups at, at times this year, having a, a 
kind of guard forward that can go up there and get rebounds averaged like almost 11 uh his final year in college that's a really nice piece to have um he he's kind of in a similar spot to um other guys that we've talked about where the fact that he's doing everything but shooting well right now is kind of nice like he he's competing on the defensive end he he's making use of his length and as long as that shot comes around like he's going to have a, a spot in the rotation so to, to me, it's encouraging. He at least looks like an NBA player. You'd want him to look like an NBA player uh, coming in this, like at, at this age. But o- overall, I'm I'm encouraged. It, it, he hasn't blown me away, but he he has been solid. Yeah, I think the fact, kind of, this is the way we felt about Garland early on, uh, and I don't think it got quite to the heights we were hoping to see it get to Garland's mm-hmm. last year. But where we were like. Okay, so the playmaking is better than we thought, and the the vision in passing is better than we thought, and the three point shooting isn't there. That's good news to me, right? We that's right. kind of what we were saying about Garland is like if the three gets elite, uh, like it's supposed to be, then this is a pretty bananas player, and I think that's kind of the way I feel about Winley right now. I mean, the jumper was as off as off can be <laughs> in the first <laughs> game. I mean, he hit the side of the backboard on a wide open three. Eh? I think you could probably attribute that to nerves. Um, but ultimately, but ultimately, like, I think he's doing the little things. I think he's moving. I think he's a little, you know, not to do the white to white guy to white guy comparison here, but like the Duncan Robinson, where he's a little better off the dribble than you'd think he should be attacking closeouts. He's Um, much more athletic than Duncan. Like, um, they're, they're different players. They're, they're going to do different things, but he, he's much quicker. He's much more athletic, which is different in the sense that you think one is better, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, like it, it's it seems like he he's trying to do a lot of different things. Like there there was one opportunity that uh, Austin Carr had pointed out that he had passed up that open three point shot in, in kind of the name of driving, and uh, he he's going to need to have a little bit more of that shooter's mentality. Like this team needs spacing, um, and they they're trying to figure out ways to generate those type of shots. So if you have an open shot and you have this quick high release you need to capitalize on those opportunities or at the very least put the ball up because even if you're missing, the defense is going to react to the ball moving towards you. And and then maybe that's going to create other opportunities, but um, I'm, I'm encouraged. Like, I I don't think he's has any real shot to start this season. Like I I don't see him uh, dethroning Jetty uh, as the incumbent small forward. I I think at this point, it's probably between Jetty and Okoro for who's going to start. You're so reactionary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's my brand, man. That, literally, that, that's what literally, literally four days ago, you were like, "Yeah, I think any other three could take it." <laughs> well, no, I, I exactly. Six quarters later, and buddy, it is locked, buddy. There is four games. Like preseason wraps up on Friday. Like you had to make an impression right off the bat, and Jetty coming out looking good, Okora looking good. I, I don't think Windler's going to be in that mix. Like, I, I think it's fair to say that. Like, I, I know it's reactionary, yes. but everything with this NBA season is going to be rushed. So, so in is, the so short term, opinions. yes. Yeah. In the short term, yes. But I do think there is a world in which he could win the starting job. Though oh, yeah. I yeah. Will I'm, agree. I'm just talking about opening night. Like, th- that that is strictly yeah. what I'm discussing. Yeah. I think, I think it would really surprise me if anyone other than Jetty is the starter on opening night. I, do you agree with that? Or do you think Okora's got a chance to... You I know, think Okoro's does this, got a you know, one or two more games, and I, I think Okoro's got a chance. Um, I did they even give a reason for why Jetty's out this game? Is it just strictly rest? 
I guess it's just strictly rest. I guess this is what we're doing. If, if I do have a, if I, if I may be permitted a small, small, minute gripe, uh, a, a, a sprinkle of negativity on a mostly positive platter. Why do the Cavs act like they are like coming off a title run? <laughs> I think these guys can play two games in four days. So here's my take. So you're actually going lighter than I was because I, I have in my notes that I'm concerned about the kind of precautionary rest that the Cavs had because they are sloppy as hell right now. There's clear miscommunications. Um, they, they're having trouble inbounding the ball even because guys don't know whether or not to come to the ball or where they're supposed to be. And um, I'm worried that with the precautionary rest, the Cavs are going to look sloppier than they needed to to, to start the season. Of, of course, there's still two more games against the Knicks. But when you're not with a full roster and you're you're going to have major guys come into the rotation, like Colin Sexton is still not part of this yet. He's a major piece of this. Kevin Love has physically been out there, but I don't think he's necessarily mentally out there. And, and Drummond's kind of coasting, um, except for that second quarter that he's finally started playing <laughs> with a bit of an edge. But when you start integrating all these pieces, I think it, it's going to lead to some really, really sloppy basketball early on. And it, it uh, makes me a little less confident uh, looking at that early schedule. Yeah. I I'm stunned that you're more bummed than I am, but yeah, I did want to see. I'm not bummed. I'm, I'm just anticipating it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's, that that's there's, there's a I just very think, valid risk here. I just don't really get what we're losing with like i like are we really that worried like if anything i feel like these this run is important to get these guys in shape like they haven't played basketball for nine months are they really ready to go play 36 38 um no no they're not like they're not so look look at the turnover numbers they are not ready yet (laughs) yeah so like i don't know i'm a little disappointed by that obviously you know let let us do the old uh addendum we are not medical trainers we are not basketball experts Maybe there's some numbers in here that say these guys shouldn't be playing second halves or mm-hmm. playing back to back or playing two games in three days. But like, I just don't get it. It just feels like for this core that, and we've talked about this, we've said that this is a team that's kind of full of trade pieces and young guys and like, they don't all the way make sense as a cohesive basketball team just yet, even though we like a lot of their individual pieces. It's like, well, go give them a chance. Go give them a chance to to cope, to get some cohesion and play some real minutes. I mean, you know, Sabonis is still out here playing um, in, in the third quarter. So I don't know. I'm just a little disappointed by it. It's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's not a game changer in, in the aggregate. And they're going to have plenty of games to kind of get themselves into rhythm uh, early, in the early season. But yeah, it's going to be <laughs> sorry to I just got I'm going to completely derail us for a second. Oh my goodness. But I have the box score of the game up <laughs> on ESPN and one of the promoted articles is why Leangelo Ball was waived by the Pistons. <laughs> I have a few ideas cuz he sucks. Oh man. You know what? What the, if that the, was the article? Yeah. What if that's the the what if that's all it said? It's like the draft is Thursday article. Yeah. It's just because he sucks. That, that's all they really say. Um, the, I guess the other side to the coin um, of us being concerned about them resting guys is it's kind of nice that you watch these games and 
I'm not looking at anybody being like, Hey, you don't belong in a basketball court. Like maybe, maybe Bolden would be the, the one guy that I, I don't really anticipate being in the mix at all, but the Cavs have legitimate depth. Like Dotson's playing well. I think Thon maker, especially when uh, you consider there is expanded rosters this year, I think maker is going to be in the mix. Like I, I think he, he might uh, kind of fill their need for that third center and maybe he gets the McKinney treatment, right? Like maybe he's on the team. He gets cut. He gets brought back. He gets cut. He gets brought back. That wouldn't necessarily surprise me, but the Cavs have legitimate depth with Colin Sexton, Kevin Porter Jr., Jetty, Kevin Love, like all these guys not playing. For for the record, it took around 22 minutes for Justin to get to his first Thon Maker reference of the podcast, and I think mm-hmm. that's about the right amount of time. Yeah. I, I I think you showed great restraint in taking 20 minutes to get to the Thon Maker <laughs> portion of the, of the of the podcast, and I'm proud of you, buddy. Um, I think that. I think that, yeah, you're right. I It's funny. We're watching, you know, we have this game up right now, uh, about a minute and a half left in the third quarter. And on the floor in the Cavs, you know, third, fourth unit is our guys like Garland's still playing, Dean Wade's playing, Damian Dodson's playing. There's people who I have an interest in watching succeed on the basketball court. And, and that's really interesting. You know, that's a lot of fun. I don't know why Maker hasn't gotten very much run today. I thought he was actually pretty good in game one in the sense, and he's got a weird game. I think he's always going to leave people cold because mm-hmm. he's kind of, he's huge. Actually. He's very big guy. Um, conceivably a shooter um, conceivably in the mix and just like not quite there. So I get why he leaves people cold, but he also put up 10 and 10 and pretty, you know, limited minutes. And I, I didn't mind him. I wouldn't mind keeping him around in the Alfonso McKinney treatment. Yeah, and we're still forgetting JaVale McGee. Like, the, the Cavs don't have to go out and get NBA players. They have plenty of options. If a guy is struggling, they can go to the bench. And uh, there, there are no help-wanted signs around the Cavs, but you may have one at your own business. And that's why Indeed is here to help. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact at the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits, so it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, is Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere, Carter. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Wipe yourself off, Justin. That was an excellent effort. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get it on every possible chance to win this season. Game spreads and totals, team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. 
You can get it on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day or day. Cannot imagine the division futures are still there. Um, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire, betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Justin, speaking right. of gambling. Yeah. What the fuck is Worldwide Wob doing to me? Oh, man, he let everybody in on your little secret. I mean, you kind of did as well when you've mentioned it on the podcast a bunch of times, but I, I, I don't think we have the same. Yeah, but I'm not, sw- I'm I don't not think we swinging have the same lines. reach as him. <laughs> I'm not swinging lines with my advice, Justin. Wob, so for those who are unaffiliated, for the last five seasons, I've just blindly bet almost every single underdog money line uh, in preseason and have just made money hand over fist because Justin... For example, the Kings were 2.5 to 1 underdogs last night. It's preseason. Yeah. A, a, a guy named, and I'm going to look up his name because I wrote it down because I was so thrown off. There's a dude who is playing in crunch time for the Blazers named Kelgen Blevins. That's that's not a real thing. I, sure I refuse, is. I refuse to believe that's a real name. Ke, ke, that sounds like a name that you hastily made up while trying to make up a fake name. <laughs> and that guy is closing games and we're, and, and who, who should, have, no one should be a two to one dog in this, in this environment. So I've been making money hand over fist. And then Wob just goes on fan duels broadcast. is like, I'm just blindly betting dogs. Unbelievable. I think he stole it for me. I know he follows like 6 million people, but I think, I think he pays attention to the old timeline. Sometimes I think he, I think he saw my tweets and thought, Hmm. You know who you know who I've got uh, as a convert, by the way. Who's that? One Matt Moore. Hey, how about that? He's been he's our, our dear friend HP Basketball has been playing some lines. Well, they they work me. together. Him him and Rob work together at Action Network now. Maybe that's that's where you went. I got to talk to. I I got to <laughs> talk. Oh my god, this is actually we're we're piecing this together. In I, real I think time, that Justin. I think that's what it was. You you just ran your big mouth to Matt, and then he <sighs> met, ran his mouth to Rob, and now it's a thing. I'm sick, bro. You're I'm your own sick. worst enemy, man. But if our listeners want to listen to more of your gambling advice before it gets stolen and aggregated all over the planet, uh, later this week, you will be doing your uh, over-under podcast, right? You're booting me and uh, doing that uh, tradition again this year? Yeah, it's a bit of an annual tradition. Uh, my my dear friend, Nate Jacobson, who I used to work with at Watch Stadium, uh, current home of uh, Shams Terrania's video hits that you'll see, Um is one of the best gamblers I know. Does all his homework. You should see the spreadsheet he sent me uh, for the for the win total uh, over unders this year. And we're going to do a deep dive, just like we always do every year. Uh, it's one of my favorite pods to do. I actually don't care if you guys like it because that's how much I like it. <laughs> I, I would do this for I would do this for nobody. So uh, we'll be doing our over under podcast. I believe we're recording Wednesday night, so that'll be, hit your feeds Thursday morning. How about that? See, you converted on my assist opportunity, unlike the Cavs off Garland passes so far in preseason. But you know what? That's all right. What are your thoughts on uh, Dotson? Because I, I, you've to peel back the curtain, you were a little out on him in Game One, but I'm I'm enjoying him. I I think he's a nice depth piece for the Cavs. Yeah, I think that he, you know, he pro, he kind of profiles as a three and kind of D uh, wing. I think you know, at, at his, at this level of, of role player, you know, three and D is kind of a pipe dream sometimes, you know, I think that sure you want to find that, but 
the his defense is good yeah. for uh, second units, probably not if you're starting, which might exactly. actually put him in the Jetty ca- category. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you kind of, you know, I actually, he was leaving me pretty cold early on in the first game. I thought he was mostly gunning, just kind of looking to, you know, which is a product of the environment where, mm-hmm. you know, in this setting, you're trying to get noticed a lot of the times. And sometimes that manifests as gunning. Uh, and I was a little cold. And then you you kind of framed it, I thought, perfectly when I was intimating some concerns, let's just say. You said, this is young guy insurance. Yeah, He's someone who JB can put on the floor if if the young guys are dicking around, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you want to have... He, he's also Dante Exum insurance, because I, I don't think Exum... He's looked okay. I, I don't really love what he brings to the table. I, I think he's a little too one-dimensional. And um, like there's times where he's been out there with, let's say, Kevin Love and Andre Drummond, who are vets, and they are absolutely coasting in preseason here uh, for the most part. But when he's out there and he's not really a threat and you have those two coasting, the movement just absolutely dies, uh, which I actually think the movement's been pretty good overall. But I, I think what J.B. Bickerstaff's going to do, and, and we've talked about this before, is, hey, young guys, like you're going to get consistent minutes, but if you really want to get up there and play 35 minutes in a single game, you're going to have to do the right things. And you need to have vets that you can bench young guys for if you want to create that culture of accountability that we've discussed a million times in this offseason. And I think Dotson provides you with that. He, he's, he's not anywhere near what Jordan Clarkson is offensively, but he can kind of still create his own shot in Clarkson-like ways and provide defense. So I, I think he's the right kind of vet to have available if you do need to bench the young guys, if you need an Exum injury replacement, or if you just need some scoring punch. Like, you're allowed to dress 15 guys this year. Like, you, J.B. Bickerstaff may end up going to Dotson in situations that he may have had him in street clothes another game. Yeah, I... I... You talking about this just made me imagine uh, a grumpy JB Bickerstaff on game 56 uh, <laughs> trotting out a deli XM backcourt because he's sick of dealing with the children. <laughs> like that, they'll, that they'll run the they'll run the damn plays at least. Yeah, no, no, that's that's uh I, I think it's gonna be Delhi with uh Larry Nance, Thon Maker, Love and Drummond. We're we're going real big. We're we're going all in on the big lineup this year, Carter, at some point. Can't wait. Uh <laughs> so obviously, you know, preseason you can only take so much stock in the games, but one thing that I've noticed that I don't think anyone's talked about, even on my Twitter timeline, though, admittedly, I'm often watching on my phone with my daughter, uh reading while reading my or a book or something uh, at this stage. I am watching though, you dicks. Um, but what I have noticed that the Cavs have been doing that I think might be transferable, playing a lot of two, three zone, Justin. Yeah, they, they are. And I'm actually like, obviously preseason qualifiers. I'm, I'm impressed with kind of the communication level, like for how bad they look offensively and now out of sync on the defensive end, they, they seem to know where they're supposed to be and, uh, the, the rotations have been really good. Uh, if guys are out of position, they're hustling back into position quickly. And obviously you're kind of hoping that that's going to continue uh, as the, the season progresses. But um, I'm, I'm encouraged early on. Like I, I think I'm, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm confident that the Cavs aren't going to be last place defensively this year. I'm not confident about that. <laughs> oh, I am. I am. I, I think Minnesota's going to be absolutely dog shit. Like I, I think they're, they're going to be awful. 
Did um, you see that uh, Pelton? I don't know if you listened to the uh, Hoop Collective with Windhorse Pelton and. Uh, yeah, uh, I listened I just, earlier today. Yeah, uh, you see that the Nets are uh, profiled at twenty seventh in defensive rating. Yeah, I. That surprised low to me. I don't think I don't think their personnel is as bad as they're acting like it is. I was very surprised that it was such a strong take because I, I don't feel like Dinwiddie's terrible. I think Lavert can be a capable defender. I think Kyrie can be really bad, but he he's not like Trey Level Young's a bad, and like he can legitimately play good. And defense. Durant's really very good. Yeah, and, and I, I like a good defender. He and I like Jared Allen in the middle. Same with DeAndre Jordan. He he can help out. Like I, I don't think they're they're going to be as terrible as um, they were being kind of portrayed as in, in that podcast. Yeah, I was kind of assuming they'd be like fifteenth. I, I, you know, whatever. We're picking nits here, but I, I was just surprised at how steadfastly all the the entire group and Pelton's projections were like, yeah, they're going to be among the worst in the league. Uh, and maybe, and and even if they are, I still think that's primarily going to be a a worst in the you know worst in the league in the regular season, but then take an enormous jump up. Darius Garland just hit it off the dribble three, and that's all I've ever wanted. It's literally all I want out of the man. <laughs> He's pulling. I now. just like, want him to pull. I just want him to pull, baby. I, I want to see him average seven three point attempts a game. Like I, I would really love to see that. And um, one thing. I was happy about with Indiana. We mentioned how they've been pressing full court and kind of the, the defensive philosophy that they've been putting in place. I was impressed that he kind of recognized early on and it showed in the second quarter of game one that when defenses are doing that, you kind of have to speed up your game. Like he still kind of made some mistakes, but he was able to actually accelerate and get by guys and uh, kind of make the Indiana rethink their defensive approach. And the fact that he was able to recognize that and do that is really nice. But that was also a situation where you really want Colin Sexton because the combination of those two Garland running offense in the half court and, and Sexton with probably like top three speed in the NBA. It's nice to have both of those options. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Cavs can do once Sexton is back in the mix. Yeah, I, I can't do I just I'm just excited to see what Sexton does and how he fits. There's so many you guys know, to I, care about. There's so many guys to care about. I'm I'm blown away yeah. by this, man. It's a blast. Uh, it 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 is funny that uh, uh, it it is funny. I already saw some some snark with uh, some people like, oh, this team looks like they're playing together really well. I wonder why. I'm like, screw off. I, I, <laughs> I saw that one too. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I just think you know Sexton is is someone who's going to help give this. You know, this team actually needs a bailout guy every now and again like it needs it needs they have so many players who are dependent on sets you know kevin love needs needs action to get him good looks at this stage or if not it's going to be a 17 footer that he tries to bank um you know drummond is composed a bit but you know i just think ultimately like you need someone who can just go get you a bucket every now and again and i think and i do think sexton has potential as off ball as a cutter and uh so i really do hope to see him kind of makes sense within the construct of this team. And we haven't even mentioned Kevin Porter Jr., who, you know, like it, it's almost hard to fig- figure out, like after two games, like I could see where Sexton's minutes are going. It's like, where are KPJ's minutes going? It's just crazy how much, th- how many players there are to care about. And I do think we're pretty much, you know, this is where we were talking pre-draft. I'm like, I'm kind of at peak developmental player <laughs> yeah, levels on this team. I don't think I need more. 
I, I saw an off-season article on, on the Cavs, and one of the main criticisms or one of the things they had under the failures category was that they didn't trade to get more draft picks in last year's draft. And I'm like, no, there, there's too many mouths to feed right now. Like, I, I know where uh, Kevin Porter Jr.'s minutes are coming from. It's going to be Exum and Dotson. Like, they're, they're going to lose those minutes. Um, and obviously, I think Windler's going to lose some. Jetty's going to have a few fewer, and maybe, maybe even Okoro, but you never know with uh, the way he's playing as he just got uh, Jakar Sampson mad as hell uh, battling with an offensive rebound. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, there's there's just so many young guys. There, I think it's a really healthy environment for competition, and uh, th- that's one of the most important things. And um, it, I I think it, they're going to be interesting. Like I, I've seen people outside the cast say, "Hey, you know what? They, they kind of do have a good young core here," and that's that's my biggest thing. Like I I want at the end of the season people to say, "Hey, Cleveland's kind of a fun spot because they they got a good young core. They have another lottery pick." They have a lot of cap space and uh, they, they might be ready to take the next step. Like that's, that's the end result you want to see with this season. Right. And ideally not be a team like the Atlanta Hawks where you have to go spend like 90 million to try to get an eight seed. Buddy, uh, buddy. Like they had one win more than the Cavs last year and they decided to go all in. Like I, I think the, the Cavs, if they go in all in next off season uh, and try to get guys that fit around the young guys, I'm fine with that. Like that's, Let's make the playoffs next season. I'm I'm here for it. Um, but the, the fact that they rushed the process when they are in the exact same spot as the Cavs is still pretty funny to me. It's a bold move. By the way, you're going to notice a serious energy drop off in my voice. The baby has been laid to sleep, and I've already been told I need to be quieter. So, oh, my goodness. So, so, well, you know, Justin, this is this is what you saddled up, what you're saddled with. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? Like, I, I didn't make the decision to have a child, but through well, as an extension now now ways, i have a child in my life in a lot of ways you do have a child in your life my goodness um, and you must account for it you must account for the child well you're, you're, in a lot of ways you're kind of like the mandalorian you know you, you you didn't want this responsibility but you have it now i'm gonna let you sit in that one I'm just going to let that silence. I'm just going to hang you out to dry there because that, that seemed like the, the best way to approach that. Um, I'm fine with that. Do you have so any I, other oh, thoughts? Hold on. Hold on. I did want to ask. I did want to ask. Okay. Um, do you care that no Cavs are, or very few Cavs are in these top 100 players lists? Because I don't give a single damn. I care about it from a I need stuff to retweet in February or March standpoint. Like I, I'm going to bookmark it. Like I'm not taking offense to it. Like I, I, I'm not going to get worked up if people see what Garland is doing right now and they say, ah, he still sucks. Like if he hasn't built up the, the goodwill uh, among fans. And I, I understand that. Like I, I think there's, I, I tweeted this earlier tonight, but it, I think the preseason so far has been a bit of a Rorschach test. Like I think it's going to reinforce a a lot of what you already believe with this team. And the Cavs haven't done a a lot to get national attention. Like I I think Sexton, Love, Nance, Drummond all belong in the top hundred for sure. Um, But it's like, even though it, it seems ridiculous, the league is deeper than it's ever been. And if, they want to uh, prioritize winning when it comes to these rankings. Go ahead. You sure seem to have a lot of Atlanta Hawks and uh, Timberwolves in there, but that's none of my business. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's two things, right? It's perception about the Cavs' top-level talent, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, Sexton is not a popular player nationally yet. Um, 
love is on kind of the wrong side of his career. And then also, you know, again, it's the analytics aren't super friendly to this Cavs team because, as I said on Twitter recently, so much of this, you know, high fluting talk comes down to are they winning and then figuring it out backwards. Mm-hmm. No, and, no, I, I completely know, agree. And, and unfortunately for the Cavs, they're not, they haven't won yet. So I just win, baby. That's all you need to do. Know who I'm most offended for, actually? Like, I, I think Sexton's a little outrageous when you, you look at what he's already kind of accomplished and how good of a scorer he already is. Um, but I'm offended on behalf of a friend of the podcast, Larry Nance, because there's, if you look at the statistic argument, that that actually, here here's what I didn't like about the top 100 list. I thought it was inconsistent because if you're going from a pure, like, do you get buckets? Do you put up box score stats? Sexton should be in there. If you're doing the advanced analytics discussion, Larry Nance had the, the best overall numbers when you're looking at catch all stats. He was the Cavs' most impactful player last season. So pick one, pick one or the other. But if you're going to kind of bend the rules to to get whatever players you already like more and you want to put on this list, that's fine. But uh, it starts feeling like college football playoffs where it doesn't matter what the results tell you uh we're, we're going to create methodology that gives us the result we want and that result is to keep the calves out of the top 100 big conspiracy conspiracy, conspiracy. Yeah, i'm 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 very upset about it now now you you've got me fired up carter i i clearly did i don't care <laughs> if they win they'll they'll be in the list well, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up because you're giving me a lot of ASMR energy and I, I don't really want to play off of that a whole lot. And there's That's still, mean. there's a lot of preseason left. Like I, I'm, I'm excited to see two games against the Knicks. Like it, it's one thing to, to have back to get back games against the Pacers and all their length. I'm excited to see what they look like against just an absolutely terrible team uh, in the New York Knicks. And we'll, we'll get our first look at uh, Obi Toppin. Um, are, are you excited to see how he stacks up against the Cavs? I'm excited to not have him on my team. Oh, God. The, uh, you know what? The nice thing is, I don't think we're going to have to deal with a lot of people upset that the Cavs drafted Okoro. I, I think nope. I, I think he, he's he going to be likable. He is going to be first team all rookie. Um, I don't see any way he, he's not. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to have him as part of the team. And I mean, if you're talking about what you want as an immediate reaction, looking at the chasm preseason, that's pretty goddamn high on the list. Yes. Can't wait. I, I, I love this kid already. Love this kid. Love this team. Love our listeners. I want to thank all of you guys for supporting the podcast. Basketball is finally back. This is our first time podcasting after slash during a Cavs game in over nine months. Uh, the journey is finally over. So massive thank you to all our listeners. Uh, you guys already support us so much, but if you want to support us further or you haven't yet, leave us a rating, leave us a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Down Podcast exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we will respond sending you a link. However you choose to support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Big thanks to all our listeners. Thanks to Carter. And until next time, go Cavs.